It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. And I had two completely separate teaching careers in the same high school. For the first 17 years, I taught vocational automotive mechanics. So I was the auto shop teacher. Okay. And for the last 20 years, I was a... So one, I taught my hobby. The other taught what I really loved. Right. And you taught history then? I taught social, AP, advanced placement, government, okay. world history, American, you name it. Okay. Russian history. As that comes Russian, circling back, yeah. Russian history. Yeah, once. Oh, but then once yeah. the Soviet Union collapsed, <laughs> In Soviet Russia. we decided it was no longer important to teach Russian history. Stupid, gonna... stupid, stupid, stupid. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap there because I taught Eastern Europe Soviet history yeah. semester, I think. Yeah, it was a semester course. That was yeah. at Western mm-hmm. too, yeah. Huh. So I would introduce them to great music from yeah. Russia. Uh Pictures, I used to love Mussorgsky's pictures at an exhibition, mm. especially the the Great Gate of Kiev. I thought it was it. Yeah, the Great Gate of Kiev okay. is the really the very best part of that. But so huh. we, we integrated. We did stuff back then that, you know, was considered fairly advanced. Right. You know. Huh. And some of this stuff we've turned into the presentations. Yeah. To the National Council for So we've done 15 together. Right? Yeah. Yeah. National Council for Social yeah. Studies. Um, okay. From Phoenix to Washington to Baltimore to you Orlando. did one in Saint. You did, did a solo. In, we developed it together, but I said I'm not driving out to St. Louis. Was that one the day one where mad? Back. No, you were mad. I was at mad at them for the way they handled it. Right away. Yeah. And and in my inimitable way, I worked them <laughs> until they. I yeah. said, I said, surely you're going to have people drop out and. Surely on the 50th anniversary of, of, the, of the assassination. assassination. Well, that's one Doug drove that's, me to. Yeah, I remember that. I said, surely uh, you, you would want to have more than one or two yeah. Kennedy presentations. And sure enough, with about a month before they, and I, I said, okay. So and I was pissed it. about and it. And he was really mad. <laughs> I said, I'm, was, I am not He gonna, was pouting. I'm not he supporting. Was, it. I'll, I'll help. We'll build the presentations. Right. All, But I'm but not, not going go, there. I'm, I'm not, not supporting going. that unethical behavior on their part. <laughs> I had a big crowd, by the way. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you totally missed yeah. it. It was pretty awesome. Well, we well, usually, they clap for me and we everything. We usually have a big crowd, yeah. but we've been everywhere from one to about 120. Yeah, we had two different ones where we had one or two people. Really? Yeah. One was in Florida the last DC. day and the farthest out yeah. building. Of course. And D.C., they gave us DC, the worst time yeah. at the worst place. The last slot on the last That's day. That's right. We got and to the, visit Amy. My yeah. So, yeah. So there were other reasons to go there and right. have some fun, well, which yeah. we did. Yeah. But that for was great. one to two people in the audience. Is All of, the work that it goes into yeah. preparing. And it's like. Well, okay. it was a guy from Columbus that, that that's the social studies director for Columbus City Schools that we run into okay. at, at conferences yeah, and training. The all, tapper. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's a drummer in his other life. And he's always. What's his name? Dwight, Dwight Grossi. Grossi. Okay. And he's always 
doing this. Yes. Yeah. So Roll and Lane. <laughs> yeah. Roll and Lane. We have three of us. We call ourselves the three musketeers that if we getting Roland to do anything is a difficult, but if you get him to go, he's a, he was a marvelous teacher. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting him to commit to anything is just almost impossible. Or he'll commit <laughs> and then at the last out. minute say, well, I can't. I, I've yeah. Got something else. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, I guess I should probably tell everybody who you are. I mean, nobody's going to know. So we'll. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was the vocational chairman at Westerville North High School and then the social Tom, studies Tom, tell me chairman. your last name. Pete. P-E-E-T. I like that. Yeah. It's English. It's English. It's English. Mm-hmm. Pete. There are very few. There are about a thousand Pete's in the United States. Did you ever have an uh. E on the end of it? That's the black side of the family. Okay. <laughs> the black sheep. Seri- like really? The Ser- Seriously, it, it comes from the South Carolina Pete's who were slave owners. Oh, gosh. Oh. And so, oh. like Calvin Pete, the golfer, yeah. P-E-E-T-E. Oh. Okay. Okay. That was one. Of, now, it is true that John Pete, so the Pete's, that I'm descended from have been in America since 1635. Oof. Came over on the boat called the Hopewell, okay. settled in Stratford, Connecticut, stayed in Stratford, Connecticut area for 200 years. Then oh. when the railroad developed, the first Pete, uh, and he was uh, um, Henry M. Pete, I don't know what the M stands for, okay. uh, went from Connecticut to Carbondale, Illinois. Hmm. And then he, after... Before the Civil War, he marries an Irish potato famine emigrant hmm. who came to Canada, walked across the United States border to get to the United States. Wow. So Henry marries wow. her. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Her name the was Irish Anya. 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 And, and I, I'm trying to think. Uh, they, they called her when they did a census in 1880. They got practically everything wrong. Uh, <laughs> they, they, were tired. They, they called her name there is Anna McGrand, but mm. there aren't McGrands in Ireland. Okay. So there are McGrands in Canada, though, a, a fair number. So mm. we say, th- I think she was McGran or uh, McGrain, okay. one of and those just... two. And they, and, and so this guy phonetically uh, spelled out what he thought he heard, but right. she clearly couldn't have been a McGrand. Okay. So she was straight up Irish. Okay. So so I I and my so my great great grandmother was a potato famine immigrant, mm-hmm. and my great grandmother was a potato famine immigrant. Really. So that's the Irish on my side. Okay. So ancestry shows that I've got like, um, they just redid it, and now I'm up to about ten percent Irish, which okay. is exactly Actually, what it should have been. We're about the same there. Yeah. Because my great great grandfather was also an Irish mm-hmm. potato famine. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so. And and so, and then so um. I'm, uh, I have my great-great-grandfather had twin, after the Civil War, they had twin sons on Christmas Day, 1866. Oof. One of them was named Charles. The mm-hmm. other was named Edward. My dad was Charles. My okay. uncle was Edward. Okay. So generations later. Now, my uncle was uh, his full name, and he hated it, was Edward John Logan Pete II. Holy. Okay. He hated it. And so my dad died in 2005, and it just kind of serendipitously, the American Legion, which I worked with very closely at the high school as a social studies teacher, um, said, would you give the Memorial Day speech mm. at the Westerville Cemetery? I said, yeah, I can oh, do cool. that. So I called a son of a sailor because my dad. But in researching it, of course, I find out that uh, Memorial Day is descended from dedication, decoration day. Mm. And decoration day 
was mandated in 1868 by General John Alexander Logan. Okay. My great-great-grandfather served under General John Logan in the Civil War. Hence, Edward John Logan. So I said, Uncle Ed, your name means a lot more than you think it does, and in a very good way. Mm. So That is cool. So, so he finally had the... So he, said, like, oh, he okay, says, I never sorry. knew that. I said, yes, and it, oh. it means a lot. And it turns out that uh, John Logan, very few... You can count on one finger <laughs> the number <laughs> of good political generals in the Civil War. There was only... On the Union side, there was only mm-hmm. one. And his name was John Logan. Okay. He was an awesome general. But Sherman would not put him in charge of a corps... Because he was not a West, because he was a political general, and because mm-hmm. he wasn't a graduate of West, West Point, Point. Huh. and so uh, when General Grant was dying, Logan was kind of like the odds-on favorite to become the uh, Republican nominee in 1886. Okay, and so he visits Grant, and Grant is at at, at the cottage on McGregor Mountain in in upstate New York. And Logan comes to visit him, and Grant says, look, you know, if I could have one picture, just one, of the Civil War, it would be you outside the Battle of Atlanta. And what had happened was the commander of the Corps that Logan, the commander of of the Corps of which Logan was a division commander, James McPherson, was killed. And the Union attack just starts to completely collapse. Mm. The soldiers are disoriented. They're discouraged. Logan rides out. He has this great big black horse. I can't remember the name of the horse. Most of the time I can. But uh, it was he, Snickers. Not <laughs> Snickers. Not <laughs> Snickers. Not Cincinnati. Rienzi was Sheridan's horse. So, but anyhow, Seabiscuit. It wasn't Seabiscuit. <laughs> but he rides out on his steed. And his nickname, he had a swarthy complexion. So he rides out onto the battlefield. What is a his, swarthy complexion? That means dark. dark. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm thinking so, pirates here. Yeah, no, well, kind of. But anyhow, the soldiers see that it's Logan and they go, his nickname was Blackjack. Mm. Jack being John, Black mm. being Blackjack, Blackjack. Mm. And they start, the cheer goes down the line, Blackjack. But turns the whole thing around, carries the day. Mm. Grant says, if I could have one picture. That would be it. That would be the picture hmm. from the Civil War that I would like to have. Oh, that's cool. And that's probably where our great-great-grandfathers crossed paths in the Civil yeah, War. More than Atlanta. Like, Siege of yeah. Atlanta. Okay. They were both part of it. And so, so yeah, well, exactly. Not in the same. Not in the same area. Right. So, so once my son and I do a, a what we call our father-son, my youngest son, a father-son Civil War trip one year. We did in the footsteps of my great-great-grandfather. Oh, wow. So we okay. drove 4,400 miles, went to Vicksburg, uh, New Orleans, Mobile Bay, hmm. a place called Bryce's Crossroads, just north in upstate uh, Mississippi, where they just got clobbered uh, by Nathan Bedford Forrest, just badly beaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, northern, northern Mississippi, just above Tupelo, you, just below Shiloh. Was it P. Ridge or not P. Ridge? Uh, fought Red River campaign. They were on the. Yeah. That's well. That wasn't where they got clobbered by Nathan. They got beaten badly there too, um, mm-hmm. although they shouldn't have. Uh, but but they really got badly beaten at Bryce's Cross. So I uh, emailed the author and said, "Hey, um, I'd like to meet you. I like mm-hmm. your book. 
can we, can I meet you for lunch? And he says, sure. He said, I'll take you out to lunch. So Alex mm. and I met with the steward, what's his last name? And he says, would you like a personal tour of the Bryce's Crossroads oh, Battlefield? Wow. And you and you go out there. And, you know, I used to, I, I would reenact my great-great-grandfather one day a year. So I have a whole Union uniform come mm. in. And I'd go, here, we're thinking about the Civil War, telling you about all the places that I went to. And he, I said, mustered in as a private, mustered out as a private. I was a real go-getter, you know. <laughs> so, but then you, when you're on that battlefield and the eight, he was in the 81st Illinois, they always fought side by side with the 95th Illinois and the 14th Wisconsin. Those mm. three units were always together. They were dead center of the disaster. How mm. he got out of that alive, 1,500 were captured and sent to Andersonville. Okay. So many of whom, and you see it in the regimental history, they talk about our brave comrades that didn't survive. Mm. Yeah. So I, I had a much greater respect. Being a private, going in as a private and surviving, I don't know how many thousand miles they said they walked and Jeez. rode the railroad train. Wow. Now, Crazy. If you want to see uh, John Blackjack Logan riding on to the Atlanta battlefield, there is a cyclorama, just like there's a cyclorama in Gettysburg mm -hmm. of the of the third day. There's a cyclorama of the Battle of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And the featured guy, of course, this was going to be like his presidential campaign mm -hmm. poster, is John Logan on the big black horse riding in. That's cool. Black hair streaming back. He had this huge walrus mustache. <laughs> and so it's very awesome. cool. Mm. And Dave, I've known you for a couple of years. <laughs> yes. Dave is my stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 19. Uh, more, actually, been, more than that. More than that. Uh, 21. Yeah. Yes. Which is amazing because I'm only 25. So. so I, I'm just <laughs> taking a stab at this and guessing you guys are history buffs. <laughs> we, we are. Yes. And it's an amazing thing because in my case, it's in spite of the history teachers that I had. Sunbury Big Walnut had lousy history teachers. Let's be very kind. That's okay. They, the awful history that's teachers. Fine. They probably won't listen. I remember. No, they won't. My, <laughs> my tenth closer. My, my tenth grade. <laughs> I remember Myron Burt, the basketball coach, taught world history. I don't remember a single lecture he ever gave because I don't think there was one. We had standardized reading, uh -huh. standardized tests, mm -hmm. standardized worksheets. Standardized reading, standardized worksheets, standard. I was ahead of his time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I don't remember any discussion that he ever led on anything. Mm. And in fact, for my American history teacher, I made up a whole thing, uh, a completely fake account of uh, the Battle of Malvern Hill in the Peninsula Campaign. You just made it up. I just made up. Uh, <laughs> And I got an A on the paper, okay. but I had, I said they were stacking <laughs> dead bodies like cor Polish soldiers, dead bodies to use as oh fortifications. I, I just made up a whole bunch of stuff to see if he was reading it. He didn't, did he? He didn't. No. He didn't read it. You can't Jeez. read that stuff and believe it. I remember, I took AP, AP history. Did you? Um, we went to high school together. Yeah. So like that's, okay. that's some we're context that's, there. Okay. Yeah. It yeah, was. Lincoln. Yes. I should note. Okay. Yes. 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 Oh, Named after a famous president. I yeah. Think. Yes. Sixteenth. Mm. You may have heard of him. They just named it after yeah. the yes. penny. It's oh, Franklin that's what it is. Lincoln. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, Jimmy just the logs. Lincoln. It's named after the logs. The Lincoln oh, yeah, logs. I like yeah. those. Yeah. yeah. I had no, a like, set of those. History in high school was, for me anyway, and maybe it was just, like, I'm a very visual person and I need to be, like, involved in whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, doing rather than just being told right. yeah. what yeah. happened. Like, I don't learn just if you just sit right. up there and just, you know, names at you me. You can't. And, you have to no. engage. What and I would was, always That was my was, struggle with it, too. Is take what I know you know. Yeah. And link it to what you don't know. Yeah. So you see the connections. Yeah. And and that because that's that what really puts well. everything together. That's the yeah. texture of everything. But yeah. I think yeah. the stories too. You know, like I can engage yeah. in what you just spoke right. of because I can visually see the story yeah. as opposed right. to just reading dates and writing. And that was what AP history was. Yeah. Was literally memorizing. On this date, this a, person a did this. Yeah. Teacher is a great storyteller. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have that. No way. There's <laughs> no way around that. You have to yeah. tell them. And they relate to that, and you you change kids. My yeah. yeah, my goal was to change kids' lives wherever possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was like after high school, I started watching like the History Channel. And this is before mm-hmm. the History Channel was just like reality yeah. TV, yeah. and they would show like all the history stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, I mean, I just put it on in the background all day long, and that's I mean, I learned history that way because yeah. there's pictures yeah. and they and, show you where you are. And it's and, typically true. Yeah, that as an adult. You come to appreciate history more than you do as a young person. That's mm-hmm. typically true. And that's why, you know, one of the um, things that I'm upset with in, in, as far as state legislature is concerned, they're looking for, like, immediate feedback. You have no idea what seeds you have planted as a teacher mm-hmm. and how they're going to grow. And it may be 10 years later. Or 20 or 30. Or 20 yeah. years later that that seed blossoms and suddenly all those things that you taught mm-hmm. them come back and absolutely and, and make a difference in yeah. somebody's life. And I think about that with, with some of our teachers from, from Gahanna even, and yeah. the yeah. ones that made the impact that it, it's not yeah. that I'm necessarily using it today, but they made such an impact and I can recall yeah. certain. Yeah. And at certain, certain points yeah. you kind of go, I really enjoyed this when I was in high mm-hmm. school and now it's something that I'm yeah. pursuing yeah. in some way. Well, yeah. as an AP government teacher, I, I had to deal with my kids, which is, I need you to work extra hard. Mm-hmm. We're going to work very hard. You're going to write 65 papers between the beginning, and I have to read them and I have to grade them, and I've got a hundred and some, hundred, yeah. at least a hundred of you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm blessed that I'm a very fast reader. Yeah. So, yeah. but I said then we're going to have three weeks. Mm-hmm. You pick. We'll 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 do. Uh, you pick three or four great movies. Mm. That's your reward yeah. for all the hard work you're going to put in up to that point. That really pissed the math department off. <laughs> and one of them, was, because they just thought, well, you got to work. No, my goal was to get them ready to take the advanced placement, mm-hmm. United States government and politics. I, there were several years I had 100% pass rate, yeah. three or higher. Wow. Yeah. And um, so I said, this this works for me. So you can't do I said, Here's the problem that you have. You're excusing me for somebody who gives a shit about what you think. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. I know this works for me. Right. It may not work for you. Yeah. But you, I, don't get mad at me mm-hmm. for the deal that I struck. So right. they would brainstorm. They'd put like 100 movies down on the each class. Yeah. yeah. And then they'd, they'd vote it down to like the top three or four. And sometimes... I would have actually two movies queued up. The one they were actually watching and the one just in case the principal showed up. Oh, yeah. Because it, it became a American History X, which oh, is so one wow. of the Great single movie. most yes. powerful movies on racism. 
they always chose mm-hmm. American History X. So I said, here's here's the deal. We have to yeah. lock the door. Yeah. yeah. And you have to understand this is some heavy stuff yeah. here. Yeah. And it would change. They would come out. Their lives were changed mm-hmm. by dealing with racism in that way. Yep. Yeah. That movie was extremely powerful. Yes. Yeah. But risky from the standpoint of a teacher. Oh, yeah. But I knew we, we, yeah. we could have closed door discussion. The agreement at the beginning of the year was, you know, if you're upset about something, and you want me to speak 100% honestly, we will have a closed-door discussion. Mm-hmm. But the deal is you can say anything about anybody. I will listen to you. Mm-hmm. I will react appropriately. But what goes on in this classroom stays in this classroom. Mm-hmm. And it did. And there was one AP English teacher that drove the kids nuts. She yeah. was so inconsistent mm-hmm. and hypocritical and 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 showed favoritism to students. Mm. And every year I knew that the discussion was going, the Liz Glenn discussion was going to show up sooner or later. And it always is. Close the door. What's going on? And, okay, they vented. Now let's try and do some positive way. Mm-hmm. How can you deal with this positively rather than negatively? Right. So, right. And they appreciated that that honesty. Yeah. And uh, we had an, uh, an AP U.S. Harding Kirkhoff, who was very, very good. But he would start off his question, Welcome to AP United States History, mm. the hardest class at Westerville North High School. So I I, <laughs> I, I knew that. So the, <laughs> I would. I, I, and what kids, choices have I made? He, he did a great job of preparing kids for AP government. Though. Mm. And uh, so I would start out, last year you heard, Welcome to the hardest class at Westerville North. And they'd start laughing. Yeah. And I said, now welcome to the best. Nice. Yeah. And they, they'd laugh. Actually, he's um, second cousin to my sons, who he's talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, another, right? Yeah. Another, you should yeah. need a couple of yeah. He started at East Knox where I'm. Yeah. yeah where you yeah. are now. Subbing yeah. Right now. So but did, he did a fantastic job okay. of preparing kids with the foundation that made AP government really work. And then between mm-hmm. the two of us, uh, our kids were so prepared, they would take the Ohio University American History Test. We were the state champions for nine years in a row, oh, wow. and they stopped offering it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think I was, I hated AP history so much. I didn't do AP government. It was awful. Yeah. It just it, it didn't set us up for success. And I was yeah. it was very clearly that I always teetered on the edge of uh-huh. the AP students. Like, yeah. mm, is she really AP worthy? Well, I you know, <laughs> my goal was and, and not every student is an AP student. Mm-mm. But but I certainly if you had the potential to be an AP yeah. student, go for it, because if you work hard enough, you're going to get there. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of that was mom trying to prepare us just to. Do this now so that you don't yeah. have to do it later. Yeah. I was kind of like, I'm going into theater. I yeah. should be okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I, I do remember AP Lit was my, that was one that mom, I don't, I don't think you were with mom at the time. No, you weren't. But that was one mom made me take. It was one of the few oh, times no, that when, she. You were in college. Yeah, it, it was in college, but yeah, she. I remember the wedding. I remember you yes, at the wedding. I was there. Yeah, we were only four years old or something like <laughs> they that. They invited you. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah, flower girl. <laughs> you are close enough that I can, I can take your microphone away. Stumbling down the aisle. You know, it's so no. cute. <laughs> but I do know that mom made me take AP Lit uh-huh. with the acknowledgement. She said, this will prepare you 
for for college writing. Yeah. And she was I I think I admitted it to her about five years later. Yeah. That it truly was the best class. And that yeah. that teacher, that was Mark Miller. Did you ever have Mr. Miller? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he passed away from cancer probably oh, seven yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. Six or seven. He was my favorite teacher I had yeah. at Gehanna. Yeah. Because he, it, yeah, it truly was the hardest class we took. Yeah. And I, again, was teetering on that level of like, should yeah. I even be in this? Yeah. We had to read eight books over the summer and write on them. Yeah. Um, but he was so interested in films. And he had a friend that that had an old projection. I don't know what those are called. You would know better than I would. Projectors. Not yeah, a sixteen mil. Not an old. No, the big, but the big giant. And he, um, he would have us over on like a Friday night as a class. And oh, so we would like watch, the original type. Of yes, because he wrote a projection. book on Christopher Lee and uh, Peter Cushing. Oh yeah. Who were the like the original horror movie yeah. actors. Yeah. So he wrote a book so that we would watch one of those yeah. and then we'd watch a James Bond movie. <laughs> so it was like we'd That's watch awesome. Frankenstein and then Octopussy. Yes. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> it's like, okay. But he made it so clear of like the impact that literature made on film. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was like, okay, now this I can acknowledge mm-hmm. yeah, and I appreciate that. I, yeah. I had a teacher once in summer school that, um, uh, Larry Coleman at Dublin. Mm-hmm. And it was the first year that I was summer school principal. Tom yep. actually taught for me a couple okay. of years. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been in a situation at, in different settings where we've been in a position to evaluate one the other. <laughs> when he worked summer school and when I was at the state hospital, mm-hmm. he was the, the designated okay. uh, evaluator. Evaluator. Uh, nice. But anyway, um, Larry, I hired him to be um the english teacher was makeup it most it was like makeup mm-hmm. but some for some kids to get ahead but yeah um and i was just really impressed because when i went in to observe him i think it was just the first year we had maybe 50 60 kids where we would get to 300 um and he used star wars <laughs> to teach um characters <laughs> setting mood yeah. Of the climax mm. of the yeah. movie, yeah, and I thought that was brilliant, yeah, because he had them mm-hmm. like that yeah. mm-hmm. with with the subject matter, <laughs> right? Yeah, but he used it, and, well, and they got it. They got, like you said, mm-hmm. yeah, because they saw it, they experienced it, right? It was something they already liked, mm-hmm. right? And they thought they were getting away with something by seeing something they right. actually enjoyed, <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you know who from, Joseph Campbell is? Uh, the na- Joseph Campbell is that he he was a. a, a I believe he's a college professor uh, mm-hmm. in the 70s, but he taught myth and like how myth affects mm-hmm. like storytelling mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and George Lucas, who wrote Star Wars, was a big fan of his and mm-hmm. taken his classes and that sort of thing. But like the myth, the monomyth that is like current through like all religions and through like all of human history keeps telling sort of the same stories over and over again. And Flood. that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's all kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And all like all these modern movies are kind of all. Well, what they say the there's basically yeah. 25 yeah. plots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then everything uh, is Lion King is Hamlet. <laughs> yes. uh, uh-huh. West Side Story is Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. There's a lot of that. So, Dave, you started at, where did you first start teaching? Athens High School. In Athens. Okay. Yeah. And it, it's, it's interesting. I, I have to say this while it's still in my mind. Um, <laughs> I was just, well, actually, there's no just recently in Athens because... 
I have football season tickets. Tom goes along to one. And uh, we always have dinner or lunch with my college mm-hmm. American Long history pro- uh, yeah. professor and his wife. Um, and uh, it, it recently, the, the last fall, they were talking about uh, a levy being up in Athens to tear down the high school and build a new school. Mm. Well, I still refer to it as the new high school because yeah. oh, this is new to I'm you. I just finished my 50th year. <laughs> and um, so it was one year old. No. As a consolidated yeah. district oh, wow. building. And now they're yeah. doing terrible. Yeah. Well, I don't think they did. I don't <laughs> think they passed it. And I, I mm. think they probably shouldn't have in that case. But um, so that that's kind of interesting. But that's where I started because I mm-hmm. went to Ohio University. Mm-hmm. And I in the last quarter of my senior year, I actually had one hour short of graduating when I finished my student teaching. And I thought, oh, what the heck. I'll apply for graduate school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, eh, my grade point average wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Um, but, you know, I applied and there was such a short turnaround time that they had a stack of applications. So they admitted me on probation. Well, you have to get a, you have to get a three right. point anyway yeah. mm-hmm. in graduate school. So that was nothing. Um and so uh, I started my master's mm-hmm. before I even g- got a teaching job okay. in the last part of my senior year. Plus, my parents were paying for half of it, and yeah. it was a little presumptuous and, and rude on my part <laughs> to assume that they would continue paying for that. Uh, it, I was, I'm not done with this year yet. I, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so th- I, I, I'm try- I, this may be an exaggeration, but I'm trying to think that when I graduated or bef- just before I graduated – I may have made 50 to 100 applications, oh my including gosh. around southeastern Ohio in yeah. the county. Now, my first year of teaching, Athens City Schools was probably the plum job academically mm-hmm. because it was the only uh, it was a federally funded uh, experimental program. So it was the only open space modular schedule non graded high school in the entire country. Oh, and so it and they were in their second year mm-hmm. of this. And it was a it was a new building it had a pool to, and this is in southeastern Ohio. Yeah. And then you had the outlying county districts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I applied for one from Toledo, where I'm from, and Finley, and every mm-hmm. place in between. I even took the test to be an occupational therapist uh, for the state because mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was going to get anything. Yeah. Remember, in those days, a lot of people went into education, men, mm-hmm. to get to, to avoid, to the, avoid the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there were. A ton of people available, yeah, and not as as many jobs, uh, in a sense. But mm-hmm. uh, so so I that would have been the one I wanted, right? And uh, maybe it was the other way around. Maybe I made I don't know forty fifty applications, and they had maybe a hundred people apply for that job, and I got it. Certainly not because of my grade point average. I mean, it wasn't awful. Uh, but I probably underachieved, uh, but because of my, extra, because of my extracurriculars, okay. I was involved in student government. Um, I was involved in their murals. Um, I was involved in the, uh, judiciary, student judiciary system. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much you name it. And that was attractive to them, mm-hmm. you know, from, mm-hmm. f- f- oh, we can make you mm-hmm. high Y advisor. Uh-huh. We can make you intramural director. Yeah. Uh, and, um, so I was there four years, and it was a great place to start mm. because I had m- people from different age groups and different generations, uh, and and th- they did it in um, 
how do I make this simple? Uh, phase grouping teams for um, required classes, like your English, your social studies, mm-hmm. uh, some some of your math. Yeah. The students could pick one of five ability groups that they wanted to be in so that uh, the teachers rotated subjects, but not student pool. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and so, like, one, the first year I taught American history, then civics, then current events, and then it started over again. Mm. Okay. And so you, you had a chance of getting maybe half the same kids. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. so that was good for me because it helped me to develop my content mm-hmm. um, because I, I could rotate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's where I did my first Teddy Roosevelt impersonation. And, mm-hmm. and I Let's hear it. Oh, I can't. Come on, Dave. No, no, no. If you're going to announce it, you have to. You can't. But there's definitely a a, a speech in there. So let's hear it. I tell you this, Wilson is just using weasel words. Let's give it to the Germans now. Yeah. So, but you'd have the full yeah. mustache. Oh, absolutely. And the glass. I still have mm-hmm. the glasses. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. yeah. Nice. Thank you. Uh, and, but anyway, um, so that was there four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made. $5,234 gross a year. That is $34. That was $34 over the state minimum allowed. So wow. it wasn't the money. Yeah. Uh, and the first, yeah. well, I should tell you, um, it was, it, I guess, looking back, it could have been pretty depressing because um, the second week we didn't have offices per se or our own classroom per se because everything. Um, the rooms were surrounded by portable carols, study carols, and okay. uh, storage things on wheels. Okay. Right? And so, you, if you were Thursday in phase two, which was mine, which was second from lowest ability, mm-hmm. um, and oh, you know, a lot of kids in not a lot, some kids in phase two should have been in phase three, and they underface themselves because it was they didn't have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Um, phase three would have been your average, it's just what you suspect, yeah. some of which would go to college and some of which would not. Mm-hmm. Phase four was college bound and phase five was basically AP honors, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I had to f- phase two kids. Um, I opened up uh, on Mondays at the Plains School uh, a Monday night basketball thing. Mm-hmm. Um Eh, part of that might have been selfish because I like to play basketball. <laughs> but but they all showed up and it was a, a place where they could do stuff um, uh, other than school together. Yeah. Um, and it was free. Um, I, I, I have to tell you, there is an interesting story. And I, I don't think Tom connected to this. It was another friend of mine through um, soccer officiating. We used to do games down in Athens because they couldn't get mm-hmm. – the better refs. There just weren't many in yeah. southeastern Ohio. So uh, I had a boy uh, named Terry Gilkey in, in class. And he, I also picked him for my Colt League baseball team, not because he was really very good, but because he was Terry Gilkey. He <laughs> came to work every day. He had long, stringy, well, kind of curly, stringy hair, not because he was a hippie or fashionable, but because he what didn't have money. Would, to, what year would this have been? Uh, well, I was there 69 to 73. Okay. So I had Terry in class probably 70 to 72 okay. or 73. Because, again, you, you could get him mm-hmm. two or three years in a row, yeah. even if they passed. Mm-hmm. And he always wore uh, his batting helmet. 
which I'm not sure where Terry got that because she, you know, that was team equipment. But anyway, and he blue jeans and his Ohio University in baseball shirt hmm. and that's and tennis shoes. That's mm -hmm. what he wore. His he lived out on for those of your listeners that might be familiar with the area from the Plains, Ohio, mm -hmm. which is where the high school is on into town on Route 682, which runs right in near the football stadium. Um, that's all um, rural mm -hmm. yeah. Appalachia. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Now, it, it's getting to be more than that now, but right. a little bit. Yeah. But So that's this windy, hilly road. And my senior year in uh, college, I lived at the top of the hill in this absolute shack, and it cost me $15 a month. Oh my god! And I roomed with this other guy, and there were no hallways. <laughs> you had to walk through somebody else's bedroom to get to yours, uh, and it was—I mean, it was a dump. I had to scrape um, stuff off the floor and the ceiling, and mm. you know, to, yeah. to my senior year. Well, I, I didn't know it at the time, but across the street, there was this um, cinder block sort of barn, hmm. yeah. and up the hill with junk cars around it, mm -hmm. and, you know, so on. Uh, that was Terry's house. Mm. His when I had Terry in class. His father was uh, uh, 54 when I had him in class, mm. and he was on his seventh wife. He was like Henry VIII. When they got too old <laughs> to have children, he just got rid of them, and most of them were common law. Okay. Oh, so this was just, you know, this is his, so he had, when, when he was in, no, wait, let me think. Uh, no, I'm trying to think. His father was 54. No, his father was older than that. Actually, no, he had a brother that was over 50. Huh. A half-brother. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because his father was really old when he was born, you know. So, huh. uh, and, and he had a sister who was uh, a character as well, Sandy. Um, she probably beat him up on regular occasion. But they, you know, they loved each other. But they, yeah. Was Terry was very laid back. He used to, I don't think he knew I had a mister in front of my name. It was, hey, Keck, this, that, you know. <laughs> so the bottom line, I, I just, but I just loved him to death because yeah. he, there wasn't a mean bone in his body. Yeah. Uh, he was lazy yeah. academically, but, yeah. but he knew it and he right. would own up to it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, you, you can't dislike a kid like that. Mm -hmm. Well, a number of years later, um, I always, I always, whenever I have visitors, Tom included, to Athens, we always go to Miller's Poultry, uh, which is uh, Miller's Chicken, which mm -hmm. has the best fried chicken, and it's, it's pretty good. For five bucks, you can get... They see them coming. You oh, can yeah. get... Oh, absolutely. And they have the cold <laughs> chicken uh, in packs and always bring it home. Well, so I'm, we, I took Jim Walsh, he's deceased now, but a referee down there, and, and we always went down there. That's and, why he's deceased. Too much Miller's chicken. The fried, the fried gizzards will give you your supply you like of bad salmonella. Cholesterol. No, not, a, no, not that. Um, anyway, so up against the refrigerator, uh, the uh, where they had the the, the coleslaw and stuff, uh, there was this guy, and I I had been. Uh, it was unusual for me that I was telling Jim stories all the way down. I never do that. No, you and, don't. Uh, <laughs> ask Doug. Yeah, <laughs> Doug drove Dave to uh, St. Louis, right? Please go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that on the way home. Yeah. But, uh, and I was telling him about Terry, the same yeah. story that I was just telling you. Um, and who's who's at this refrigerator but Terry Gilkey with mm -hmm. his 12-year-old daughter? Uh -huh. And I said, Walsh, that's 
Terry Gilkey. Yeah. Hmm. And I said, Terry. And he turns around and he goes, Keck. He <laughs> there like 25 years. Really? Wow. Yeah, I says, I says, so Terry, how's your dad? He said, well, I just turned 94. Oh, oh man. So, but, I mean, this, and has a new baby. Yeah. <laughs> but, this, but, but, you know, this this tells you something. I mean, you, you learn. It's, well, you were talking about what you learn mm-hmm. and what you plan to take and how it prepares right. you. You don't know. When you're in school, it's the hardest thing to get across to kids at that age. I mean, you have them when you have them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all know that people's brains aren't fully developed until you're 25. Yeah. Um, and the last place to develop is the frontal lobe, which is your social, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. judgmental mm-hmm. stuff, which yeah. explains teenagers. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but but um, you, you just don't know how something that happens to you or an experience you give to a kid in mm-hmm. school and they don't know either. Right. And that's what I tell them. Right. I says, you may hate this now. I get it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go with me on this. Right. Because you don't, there's things, I, I had two years of Spanish in high school. The first two years, my second teacher was very poor. She was yeah. incompetent and mm-hmm. she was miserable. And um, <laughs> But I use it even today in my substitute teaching because a couple kids that mm-hmm. are yeah. fairly recent immigrants and, yeah. and the little vocabulary mm-hmm. that I remember, right. I can use and you make that connection mm-hmm. and yeah. they appreciate the effort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so honestly, th- if a teacher at some point had said, look, I know you hate this mm-hmm. at this point, just just, just bear with me. Yeah. Just stick with yeah. it because it's going to be important. And what I used to tell them was, I used to tell them in four years, if you think that what I required you to do, um, if you still feel the same way about it and, and you feel that that hasn't helped you, so I want you to come back and tell me. Yeah. Of course, they never do. But, right. yeah. um, but, but I actually have heard. Perfect the, record. But I've yeah. actually, well, no, but, but I meant that. And, yeah. And, yeah. and actually, I've run into kids that failed or came close to failing mm-hmm. as adults. You know, yeah. eventually, almost all of them grow up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they do get it, you know, and it might not be the content. It might be some one thing or a quote right. or an experience mm-hmm. right. or a skill yes. like yeah. like writing or mm-hmm. thinking skills that that they don't, you know, um, I don't know what's going to happen to you. You may think you know what you hope will happen, but yeah. right. Right. we all and I've so the experience with Terry and the kids that I had there. Mm-hmm. Really, it's good that I had that then because yeah. I wasn't raised in Appalachia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have ancestors who were, but um, I, I and you it, pronounce it correctly. Crick, by the way. Yes. crick, yes. He's Appalachia. He's yes. learned the right way. Yes, yes. Right. that yes. tells you how you know. Right. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I pronounce crick correctly too. <laughs> Gosh. Down, down Go do the, the wash down, down by the crick. crick. Yeah. I don't say wash. My grandmother yeah. said wash. Yeah, big walnut. It was big walnut crick. Huh. Even even in Sunbury, Ohio. Now, see, I would call it Big Walnut Creek, but yeah. we're going to go down to the creek to, yeah. to fish. Yeah, so, <laughs> two, yeah. two very different things. Yeah. So, but 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 so that's where I started for four years. Okay. And it was a it was a a great start academically for me, and also having to teach kids that were challenging. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of came full cycle when I wound up teaching in my after my first retirement mm-hmm. at the state hospital. Yeah. yeah. There, there are some overlaps there. Right. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's, that's where I started. And, um, and there's a little stint in there where, where for a year I was also the, the house mother, so to speak, uh, proctor of the Sigma Nu fraternity house. That was another set of children. That, oh, uh, <laughs> so let me transition because you gentlemen wrote 
a couple of books together. Well, well, we're one we've one together, and, and we're working on one. And, and I, uh, Ghost wrote uh, one for my doctoral advisor, who was a very, very special person in my life. Okay. He became like uh, he and his wife became a second father and a second mother to oh, me. Cool. Sometimes, sometimes you just get lucky. Mm-hmm. Now, how it happened in my and his name was Doctor Ray Music. He was just an absolute, mm. astonishingly good teacher. Okay. So I had I uh, had finished my degree in education. I was working in an automotive machine shop, uh, SNA Auto Parts in Westerville, Ohio, mm-hmm. which was an accident, also church related. Okay. That uh, my dad was restoring a nineteen. I I was college track <laughs> all the way through Sunbury Big Walnut. I okay. thought the hoods were those guys down in the shop. Mm. So I had no any no idea I had any mechanical aptitude. Right. So Dad was restoring a 1954 Corvette. Okay. I built a, a mold and recast huh. a left front fender for him in fiberglass. Oh, wow. So I took it over to Coke Shot, who was uh, who ran SNA Auto Parts, and and Coke looked at. It, he says that is really good, Tommy. He says you want a job? Huh. I said Coke. I don't know anything about the machines in this shop. Nothing yeah. whatsoever. He says, well, you'll start sweeping floors. So I was a sophomore in college at that point, and I needed a summer job. And I said, okay. And by the end of the summer, I was running every single piece of equipment in the shop. Oh, wow. Hmm. So uh, and uh, so that's that's how I started as an automotive machinist. Okay. And uh, a guy by the name of Carl Beam, you might remember Carl Beam from Westerville South, oh, yeah. taught vo- oh, yeah. vocational agricultural mechanics, something that's just pretty much Carl's you don't see anymore. Carl's a guy that had the tie with the vulgar words on it. That were, well, yeah. th- that sounds like Carl. <laughs> but anyhow, he would bring his high school voag mechanics classes over, and Coke said, well, you're the one working on a degree in education. You tell him what everything does. So okay. that became, by default, I would give him a tour yeah. of the shop and explain what every single piece did. And then, huh. and then Carl said, you know, Tommy, you ought to be a, you ought to be a vocational teacher. Okay. And so um, on July the 28th, 1975, I got temporary certification from the state of Ohio in vocational okay. mechanics. And I was hired August the 12th in Westerville That's as an automotive mechanics teacher. That's so, my father's birthday. That's my yeah. birthday. So... Uh, so that's 12. Oh, no, July. Yeah. Oh. June. Did you say June? Uh, no, no. July the 28th, <laughs> oh, July. No, August the 12th, August the 12th. I had a job in Westerville as one of the opening. As <laughs> one of, so I started graduate school on my own and okay. I'd gone two quarters in graduate school. And then the graduate school says, we've noticed you don't have an advisor. Mm. We're not going to let you to continue to chart your own graduate school <laughs> education right. without an advisor. Here's the guy we're going to give you and say, Dr. Raymond H. Music. And I said, mm. oh, my God, a German. <laughs> I don't want a German. I, I've had all these nightmares. My, my grandfather on my mother's side was a German. My grandmother on my mother's side was a German. And there's just like one narrow way you saw the world, okay, and not, no 256 shades of gray here. It's, yeah. This is black and white. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh. So I call him up. I get his wife, LaVon, on the phone. And she says, oh, he's out mowing the lawn. I'll go, no, no, don't go get him. Don't go get him. Which she went and got him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm listening. And he comes to the phone. And, and he turns out very pleasant sounding mm-hmm. guy. I said, okay, pretty good for a German so far. Okay. He says, Tom, do you have a uh, paper and a pencil handy? And I, I was up at the front counter at the point i said yes i do and ray said 
I've got 10 books I want you to read. You read these 10 books. Democracy and Education by John Dewey was one of them. Education for What is Real by Earl C. Kelly was another. Um, the Historian is Detective. So I still have all 10 of those books. Oh, wow. So I bought the 10 books, mm -hmm. The Why of, of Man's Experience by Hadley Cantrell. And so I read mm -hmm. the 10 books. He says, you read the 10 books, you schedule, come talk to me in September. So I read the 10 books, took notes, tried to figure out what's each book about. Right. Went to his office. I said, okay, Ray, I'm here to Dr. Music, not mm -hmm. Ray. Right. At that time. Um, Dr. Music, I'm here to talk about the books. So we had a two-hour chat about all 10 of the books. Mm -hmm. He says, I'll be your advisor. 20 years later. He tells me, he says, Tom, you know those 10 books I had you read? I go, yeah, I still have them. Yeah. He goes, you're the only student that ever read them. Really? It was Holy his fire. Cow. It was his firewall. Yeah. If a student, if he didn't know you, then he put those 10 books out there mm -hmm. and nobody, but I read them. Yeah. Huh. And then, huh. so speaking of Dr. He was a stickler for Dr. Music in class. So I, I had him as an advisor from... 1974 to 19, 10 years. And this uh -huh. was at Ohio, the, Ohio, Ohio, the Ohio, Ohio State, 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 State University. To Ohio, the really? State yeah, University. right. <laughs> so, um, so, and I got really lucky. Um, so, um, he's, well, I'm in the graduate line, 1984. John Glenn gives the mm. speech at the 1984 mm -hmm. graduation. Wow. In the horseshoe, and there's nothing more impressive mm -hmm. than an Ohio State graduation in the horseshoe. Yep. Oh, I O. Anyhow, he comes up, he adjusts my doctoral hood, mm -hmm. and he looks at me, says, Tom, you can call me Ray. And Aww. I look at him with a straight face, and you can call me Dr. Pete. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and he laughs. That's he awesome. got he denied forever that he made students, but he did make students. So one of his <laughs> one of his very favorite books was this little green book. It's only about that thick called Education for What is Real by Earl C. Kelly. Earl mm -hmm. C. Kelly was one of Ray's heroes. Mm. So I have 3,000 books in my classroom at Westerville North. Dave remembers the wall of books. I had a ninth grader that came in one year. Michael was his name. Mm. And Michael said, <laughs> you didn't read those. Yes, Michael, I really read. If it's on the shelf, I read it. Mm -hmm. You didn't read those. I said, okay, here's the challenge, Michael. You go over, you take a book off the shelf. You tell me the author. I'll tell you the name of the book and what the book is about. Or you tell me the name of the book. I'll tell you the author and mm -hmm. what the book is about. Yeah. <laughs> so for about five weeks, every day he would come in early pick a book off and I tell him the author or I tell him the title and I tell him what the book was about. One day he comes in to take this little, I only had one little green book. Mm -hmm. He starts to pull the little green book. I said, that's education for what is real by Earl C. Kelly. And this is what it talks about. He slid the book back <laughs> and he never asked me that question again. Awesome. So Earl C. Kelly was, he taught at, uh, in, in Detroit, Wayne State University mm -hmm. in Detroit. He was Ray's hero, but it turns out he was just a little guy. So Ray, who's, I, th I think Ray and I were both about six foot one. Ray walks into his office because he wants to see his hero. Mm. And all of a sudden he's looking at this little guy and he's looking, looking, and Earl C.K. looks at him and says, what am I not large enough to be your white shining knight? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And so, awesome. so Ray became, so to, to tie the loose end up, mm -hmm. 
Ray got Parkinson's disease. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's, it's devastating what it does to a brilliant mind and a person. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I became uh, department chair of the social studies department at Westerville North, which I wanted nothing to do with, they came up and, you know, I said, I'm not running for department chair. I, I, I don't need this. I'm happy in the classroom. I mm -hmm. like empowering kids. That's where I am most efficient. So, some of the members of the department would come up to my uh, Kathy Chauvin, Teresa Watkins, where the kids couldn't see them. And they'd look at me and they'd go, please, 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 please run, please run. Because <laughs> they didn't want somebody else to yeah. be department chair. And so finally, after a couple of weeks, I said, all right, I'll run. So we had 16 uh, people in the department at that time. Mm -hmm. And the vote was 14 to 2. And I didn't vote for myself. Hmm. So I guess that's it. So and and I said my role is to serve you, mm -hmm. uh, and I've got your back. Yeah. So that's that's how we do things around here. So uh, it, that's when I started inviting Ray on my very last day of teaching advanced placement government in the school year. I would invite Ray to come, mm. and he would sit at the, at my desk at front. I said now. I need you guys to meet somebody that's very special to me. I said, this is my, this was my mentor teacher. I would not be a teacher in this classroom, but for that man sitting right there. Mm -hmm. And so, and he loved, and, and he could, he was a great storyteller. So he would tell them stories and it would, they would develop this wonderful relationship just in a one on one day. And they could, they'd say, Dr. Mm -hmm. Pete, we understand. Yeah. We understand yeah. the, the importance of, of a great teacher. And uh, so, but he'd talked for years about writing the great novel. And I'd read some parts of it. And my thought was, I am so glad that I don't have to do anything with this novel because it's pretty much a piece of crap right now. <laughs> and I can't tell this beloved father figure of mine that I am so happy that I don't have to work yeah. with it. So, but Ray's... He kept talking about the novel, and in 2012, when I retired, my better half said, Tom, if you don't help him finish that novel, it's never going to mm. get done. Yeah. And so I said, in my naivete, I said, Ray, I'm going to help you finish the novel. So he could, at that point, he couldn't master, he, the tremors were bad enough, mm. he couldn't work with a computer keyboard. And by that point, he didn't exactly understand how a computer worked mm. any longer. Yeah. yeah. So I inherited six bankers' boxes of printouts. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, okay. I said, well, the good news is he has a computer. There got to be electronic files that go with this. There weren't. Mm -hmm. oh, what I didn't realize is he had done these a long time before on a Mac LC. I'd build him two wind. I'm a computer guru. So okay. I, I had built him Windows computers. Yeah. There are no files that go with those printouts. Well, and there's a lot yeah. of overlap uh, in the so, in the stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I took box one and I said, thank God that he had a set a tab folder and it was the it was a flow chart for the book. Mm -hmm. So I, st I took Sometimes there would be 20 of the same printout, but they might have different dates on them. Okay. So I, I would stack all the same mm -hmm. things all together and then go through them one at a time, read them all, and pick the best, most representative one. And then I would scan it, yeah. OCR it with all the mistakes that OCRing introduces, save it to a file. Mm -hmm. So two years later... Wow. Um, I finished the last one and I find out that there's another student of his by the name of John Elliker in Montana who is also interested 
and Ray was like a second father and Levon mm-hmm. was like a yeah. second mother. That's yeah. just the role that they played with a lot right. of students. And uh, so I was going over to Ray's house twice a week. So John hires a computer consultant to help teach Ray to use a computer again. This was a lost cause. Yeah. The fact is John wasn't there and didn't know what the – so there were times when I would I would get something finished and I'd read it to Ray and Ray would listen and he'd go, Tom, aren't you worried about plagiarism? And I go, uh, no, Ray, you wrote this. It's okay. You. This. Other times I'd yeah. read him a passage and he had this, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted it to say. So John printed up a, a rough draft, which was like 444 pages of large print, put it in a binder. And John said, this is as good as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was as good as it was going to get, too. And I tried to talk. A couple of my English teaching colleagues who were now at Westerville Center, I said, I've got a great project for you. Mm. If this would be, you would go down as a community project. You would be rewarding a guy who definitely could, if you could finish the novel for him, and neither one of the teachers would bite on it. So uh, I'm emailing John Elliker back and forth, and I say, you know, and this was September of 2014 at this point, and I said, John, I think I do understand this novel backwards and forwards now. I've been through every word of it. I'm going to finish it. And John says, I'll help. Mm -hmm. And John's a really good, he has editor's eyes. Okay. And so uh, from September to Thanksgiving, we had 300 emails back and forth. I'd mail him. I'd rewrite. So So we ended up with chapter by chapter, rewriting it. And I wrote five chapters Mm -hmm. and I challenged anybody to figure out which of the, to knit pieces together because there were transitions that were needed that weren't there. Nobody's ever figured out what five are the ones that I did from scratch to knit the thing together. So we started, ended up with release candidate one through release candidate eight. And so on Thanksgiving day, I had copies of Ray's novel ready, (laughs) 10 copies ready mm-hmm. to go, proof copies. I could order yeah. proof copies yeah. before they approved it. And we normally had Ray and Levon over for Thanksgiving dinner. Well, Ray had some sort of episode that morning mm-hmm. and couldn't go anywhere. So George and I put together a Thanksgiving dinner care package for mm-hmm. them, drove it over to their house along with 10 copies of his book. And mm-hmm. so on Thanksgiving Day 2014, I said, Ray, we got something for his novel was better late than never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so and, it, and it, it's a cute story. Mm-hmm. It's not the great novel, but it, it was a cute story. Yeah. And he had characters like Flavius Polybius Dewar, who was a who was a minister. And I'm going, where would you come up with a crappy name? <laughs> How do you expect Flavius Polybius Dewar? But he loved things Latin. And okay. he, so there was an Irishman in it because he loved the Irish. So you see all these different mm-hmm. pieces that he knits together and it finally, it worked. And so, and Ray and, and Dave wrote the first review of it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. your grandmother mm-hmm. got what could have been the first bought copy off of Amazon. Yeah. And, of course and read it in like a week. <laughs> did she order it? Oh, I ordered it. Okay, I, I was going to say grandma certainly did yeah. not know how to order it yeah. Amazon. No, because, because her, we, we her, her computer, computer would have been too infected to order it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> is this Mona? Is this? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. God bless you. Yeah, I know exactly oh. about the computer well, issues. <laughs> Doug and Tom yeah. both have spent hours working on <laughs> She's like, is that cute husband of yours home? I'm having some computer issues. We're like, we know grandma. Yeah. <laughs> He's on yeah, his way. Yeah, and I understand where oh, they're 
coming from this. too. That's yeah, you shouldn't. Oh, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't she do this. She opens everything, I know. doesn't she? Like every pop up, she yep. would open. Oh, and anyway, no. she she read it like in a week. Like huh. anytime I give her a book, she'll, she's a reader. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. she is absolutely. Yeah. She's a she's an absolute model. By the mm-hmm. way, we should say. Uh, next week she's happy turning birth- 90. 90. Happy oh, birthday! Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the day before her birthday, she's going to walk nine miles on the Johnstown, Newark. That's uh, what she wanted uh, to do for her 90th yep. was to walk. Yeah, that's miles. She amazing. used to walk seven miles a day in when Arizona. they lived in Lake Havasu. Yeah. Huh. George no, H.W. No Bush parachuted on his 90th birthday, so she's no. got. Some she won't be doing that. She won't do that. Yeah. yeah. No. No. She's phenomenal. Grandma's grandma's like nobody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a very sweet lady. She's she amazing. really is. Yeah. Easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Funny. But yeah. gets more Trojan stuff on her computer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I tell you what, she's funny. I think explaining a DVD to her uh-huh. was also another joyous experience. So yeah. I just put in the CD player. Well, no, no. Um. <laughs> well, I, I knew my dad died of Alzheimer's, but I knew he was in trouble when I would have to go take and pull a CD out of a five and a quarter inch floppy drive. Yeah. Um, That's he says, I, I got that CD stuck in the CD drive and I'm, well, Dad, no, that's not actually, it, but it's okay. I think I can get it out, but it's all right. That's that's not exactly yeah. what happens. Yeah, my dad still sometimes says, "He says, well, we need to put that onto a zip disk." And we're like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, that's so that's, passe." It's like twenty five years old yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I used to have I used to have hundred megabyte yeah. zip mm-hmm. disks. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm still trying to find my eight track. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I got into computing um, writing my dissertation. Mm-hmm. In 1983, I could spend $1,500 to have somebody type it for me, or I could buy a Sanyo MBC 555, the first IBM, yeah. inexpensive wow. IBM clone, and an Okidata Microline 92 printer yep. that could do near letter quality and do it myself. And I opted mm-hmm. to, so I used WordStar 3.3. Oh, wow. And I had, mine was the first dissertation at Ohio State that was done on a near letter quality dot mm. matrix printer. I had to take it in every chapter to the graduate school, one chapter at a time. And they would look <laughs> at it for formatting and could they read it? Wow. So I wasn't the yeah. first to do it on a, yeah. on a on a computer, on a home personal computer, but I was the first to do it with a near letter quality. Yeah. And so, and Ray was so impressed by that. So speaking, speaking of re let me tell you a reenacting story. I told you I reenacted my yeah. great, great grandfather. Well, of course I'm in my union uniform. I'm out on study hall duty and I'm thinking, you know, the worst possible thing that could happen right now is two dimwits could get into a fight and I'd have to break it up because this uniform is not easy to maneuver in yeah. and is hot. And two seconds after I think that, two kids get into a fight. And I have to break it up and drag the two of them down to the front office. Later, the principal comes up and he's laughing. He says, Tommy says, I got to tell you this. He says, those two students, he say, yeah, they admitted fighting. There wasn't mm-hmm. issues. But it's just the way they said it. He said, we got into a fight, and then Colonel Sanders came over <laughs> and broke it up. And I said, can't they tell? I don't have any oh <laughs> no Colonel Stripes straps on my shoulders. No, I'm a, I'm a buck mean. private. <laughs> tell me. We're, we're, we we have to close up. You guys are amazing. We could probably go on for. <laughs> but tell me the names of the, the book. Tell me the name of the book that you guys did together. It's called Reading Lincoln. 
Okay. And it's an annotated bibliography of books on Abraham Lincoln. It's really okay. more than that. Yeah. That doesn't sound very interesting, but <laughs> there's all sorts of um, anecdotal stuff in there right. and local history and mm. photographs we took ourselves. Yeah. Okay. And little vignettes. Dozens of photographs. And you can start anywhere in the book, so mm-hmm. it, it, right. it doesn't matter. You pick what you're interested in. Yeah. It's, it's set up thematically, so it's broken down by um, major biographies, mm-hmm. specific biographies, uh, Lincoln and politics, Lincoln family, then we have uh, miscellaneous Lincoln, where if it doesn't fit into like Lincoln and slavery or any fiction. other clear category, mm-hmm. yeah, Lincoln fiction, young young people's uh, books, we put it in there. So okay. we have Lincoln for young people, and some uh, a great some great young people's books have just come out. In fact, is um, I finally found the great biography of Abraham Lincoln for um, young people by David Kent, Doctor David Kent. Hmm. Uh, Lincoln, the man who saved a nation. And, and, and so that and, stuff keeps coming out. And then we have Collateral, which is books about the Civil War era or about like Stanton or Seward or people design. that yeah. were or in Kenyon College in one case yeah. where you mm-hmm. see a number of people that were in the Lincoln administration were mm-hmm. uh, either graduates or attended and Kenyon College. alternate media. There's, yeah. there's plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mother mm-hmm. introduced me to the musical Assassins, and we yeah. recently saw it down in the short north. Yeah. stage. And yeah. um, so that's reviewed there. And yeah. Copeland, Movies. Copeland's work yeah. on, uh, on Lincoln, mm-hmm. uh, the Lincoln suite or yeah. theme or whatever. And, um, and well, and then the one we're writing now that we're a little more than half done, yeah. I would say, is similar but not really the same. Um about Kennedy books about the Kennedy assassination, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's called Finding Peace, and it's a whole different, uh, not a completely different purpose, but uh, a, a again co- to serve uh, as a guide, a, a parallel to help purpose. But uh, but this this has more to do with a specific event and what people have said about that, how that's impacted us, and then all the collateral stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to that, whereas with Lincoln, um, it centers more on. Lincoln himself right. and the, the more than 10,000 books written about him. 16, but all, both of them are meant to help the general public and students and mm-hmm. teachers right. decide what to read. Decide, right. decide help what's, figure it what's out. good. Yeah. We, we've done the work for them yeah. so they can nice. save the money right. Thank you. and buy stuff yeah. they're interested well, in. Reading Lincoln is about 700, over 700 pages long. And in it, we mm-hmm. review more than 550 books. And oh, we wow. have read those 550 books since 2010. Okay. So, so I got started. My Ray was influential in getting me started mm-hmm. on uh, reading Lincoln because one of his graduate courses he had uh, Stephen B. Oates with Malice Towards None, Malice Toward None. And we've presented Lincoln stuff two what, or three times at low at least. Yeah, and we yeah. had a major, major crowd, over a hundred people. Oh yeah, people at out in one the of the presentations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, on on twenty ten, I think it was. Yeah, in uh, Chicago. That, in Chicago, that yeah. was extremely well attended. Cool. Yep. And they liked Very what cool. they heard. And they got all the and, stuff. And free. you get two different you, you get two different perspectives. <laughs> I tend more to be, uh, to tell you what's in the book, what mm-hmm. to expect. David is a little more analytical, mm-hmm. and I like that. We pair well together that yeah. way. So yeah. in many cases. Both of us review the book, and mm-hmm. you can get it from two different perspectives. Okay. Sometimes I review one. Sometimes he reviews one mm-hmm. alone. 
Um, I tend to do a lot more on Lincoln the lawyer. But the Kennedy uh, attack is a little different because yeah. the purpose, as far as I'm concerned, Tom took the lead on the Lincoln book. And in all fairness, he does all the setup and computer stuff with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm more taking the lead with the Kennedy right. book in terms of how it's set up and what's in it and so on and the direction. And it's called Finding Peace because it's 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 meant to um, help people that have that issue uh, find peace with this issue uh, by selecting the right literature uh, for them mm-hmm. and 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 coming to some conclusion that they're comfortable with rather than agonizing over something that happened 50 years ago because this still has an impact mm-hmm. on us today politically right. it, it, right. it's where uh, frankly a lot of the divisions that come for now you can you can see this point right. on that issue if you had to pick yeah. one book and just one book that gets at that idea uh, Larry Sabato's uh, the Kennedy half century really that's kind of the focus of that book mm-hmm. uh, on what happened and in my in my opinion one of the fairest evaluations of the Warren Commission uh, mm-hmm. that you can find in print cool. he's he, Larry and Larry Sabato is a very well-known political commentator okay. at the University of Virginia Charlottesville mm. so so if somebody wanted to purchase the book is it on Amazon Amazon and- Okay. Reading Lincoln is reading yes. Lincoln's and, on, and all three editions of it. And actually. the other, the other <laughs> will surely be on Amazon. Yeah. But uh, we have a lead through Ohio University Press that mm-hmm. they're interested. They were interested in the Lincoln book, but we had already published it, so okay. they didn't yeah. want to come in so they on something that was already one. out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But they they liked it. Right. And they said, when you finish the other. Uh, electronically <laughs> send us. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so it was in getting Ray's book published that I said, you know what? I can get ours yeah. done too. Right. Yeah. And so. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah. so, so we well, did a first edition. Yeah. It was 100, 200 some pages. Second edition was 500. Third edition is over 700. Okay. Wow. So we just keep Very reading cool. and adding. Yeah, and we've read stuff since yeah. then. And we'll put a link up on the. Yeah. Definitely. On our on our page. But thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Thanks for coming and chatting. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Speak Easily. Yes. Crystal Stomp. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you like what you hear, like it on Facebook, SoundCloud. Uh, rate. Ratings, reviews really yes. help us out, uh, especially on uh, Facebook and on SoundCloud and on iTunes. iTunes. Um, so, yeah, if you could do that, that'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Or if you know somebody who might like the show. You know somebody who's a uh, a history buff, fellow history buff. Yeah, seriously. It's a good episode of the show. This is good. Yeah. This is good. Thank you for dropping some Thanks for coming in, guys. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Good to be here. Think big.